1: hello everyone and welcome to fat mascara i'm jen sullivan So we have such a delight today for you. We have Mara Rozak, the hairstylist. She's our guest on the show. Both Jess and I interviewed her. She's not here right now for the... Jess isn't here right now for the intro. It's just me. But let me tell you a little bit about Mara because you're going to love her just like we do. She's a Los Angeles-based hairstylist and founder of the newish hairline Rose. It has an amazing hair oil. You've got to check it out. I'll put links on the blog and everything. She's also the owner of the Mare Salon in West Hollywood, and she has worked with truly a gazillion celebrities: Emma Stone, Brie Larson, Cara Delevingne, Zoe Saldana, Carrie Mulligan. Feigning, I go on and on. She's collaborated with photographers like Mario Sorrenti, Craig McDean, Jürgen Teller, and you have definitely seen her work on the red carpet and in shoots for publications like W, Interview, L, even Justice Magazine, Harper's Bazaar, and she's done campaigns for Dior, Gucci, Kenzo, Puma, a million others. She lives with her husband and her son who is about Lake's age in LA. Let me just tell you, Mara, I hope you're not mad that I share this, but after we recorded with her, she sent us a little voice memo of her son. Freaking most adorable thing ever. Also made me laugh out loud. I played it like 52 times. She's a longtime listener of the pod, so she knows how we do it well. And she really opened up to us about her career and we're so excited to have her on the show. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Mara Rosak is joining us from L.A. We're so excited to have you on Fat Mascara. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I have to get into your L.A. world, so I'm gonna like put on my L.A. mindset. (laughs) I know you're from there and I have a vision of how you grew up based on like stories I've read about you and things, but tell me like, were you like a flower child running around with like artist parents? Like what's the the Mara story?
0: You know what? You pretty much spot on with it, which I think is actually it's somewhat unique. I grew up in Laurel Canyon. I like very rarely meet people actually from LA, which is just funny because I had no idea. Obviously, everybody I was growing up with was from here. So, but I grew up in Laurel Canyon, which is very... At the time, it was still very hippie, like Joni Mitchell was our neighbor, and there was the like Houdini, the famous Houdini residence. It's like very magical woodland, like there were deer. It was beautiful. And outside of the city, well, in the middle of the city, except it felt so removed from everything. I mean, Hollywood Boulevard is just a few minutes down the road, but there's the Canyon Country Store and little like restaurants in the hills that are hidden.
1: It's It was such a dreamy place to grow up. I feel like that dreamy aesthetic sort of still has stayed with you with just the work that you do and everything.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. But
1: I know you're also like a bit of a hustler in that you started hairstyling kind of early, right?
0: Yes, I did. I started, I mean, I went to beauty school when I was just turning 17.
1: Okay, this makes sense then, because I read that you did your first red carpet hair styling (laughs) job and you didn't even have a driver's license.
0: No, I did not. Oh my gosh. What happened? Who took you? That story is so fantastic. I, my mom dropped me off around the corner. We went into this, you know, gated community. There are a lot of them in LA. And my, I was like, Mom, you can't pull me up to the house. Like, you have to drop me off. I'll walk up there. Don't worry. Uh, and so she did. And I, it was with Sarah Michelle Geller, who was my first <laughs> ever client, who I still get to see sometimes. And we're obviously still in in touch. And yeah, I was 17 years old. I, I mean, so insane, had just graduated beauty school, got a call from a really good family friend who had said, hey, she's a publicist. She was a big publicist at the time and was like, you know what? Hey, I think I have a job for you. Did you finish school? It's like, yeah, like yesterday I finished. Okay. Would you go and do Sarah Michelle Geller's hair? She's going to an event. I think I like blacked out that whole first time experience because I was so nervous, but Sarah was so warm. She's so like chatty. If you guys have ever met her, right? She's just like, she's really friendly, really warm, very easy to connect to and just treated me like a little sister in a way and probably knew I was like basically shitting my pants, you know, just so nervous. Um, you think she knew it was
2: your first real gig? <laughs> Do you think that the PR friend told her like she's probably going to get dropped off by her mother?
0: A thousand percent. (laughs) I think she was prepped and I was not for it. But yeah, and I went in and I did her hair and she ended up hiring me back. So clearly it wasn't a disaster.
2: That's great. So (laughs) when you were in Laurel Canyon, first of all, that sounds really dreamy. It just sounds like it wasn't really idyllic or is it just kind of the, the fantasy?
0: No, you know, it was really idyllic. I mean, I now have a child and I would not necessarily think being in the hills where there's lots of like, you know, one road streets to like get Mm -hmm. up and winding around that that's the perfect place. Like I wouldn't picture that, right? I kind of think like, oh, a flat yard is great or like a flat street where you can like (laughs) take them to ride their bike. Mm-hmm. We that It was not that, but what it was, was I was really surrounded by nature in the middle of a city. And yeah. I think when you think about kids growing up in a big city like New York, like LA, how do you do it? How, how do you have like a normal child in the midst of chaos? And I right. think it really did allow me to have... A somewhat normal, obviously, I then got older and was in Los Angeles and then knew that I was in this, you know, big city. But at least when I was, you know, young and surrounded by nature, I think it was really grounding
2: and just beautiful. You were able to dream and you were able to have, you know, let your imagination run wild. At what point in that time when you were young, because you seemed very focused, did you think I want to go into beauty? Like how do those things connect?
0: Yeah, I would say around 13 is when, and I feel like this is sort of typical for for young kind of girls at least, that's when you start to... uh, That was when a lot of my friends, right? We were invited to like a lot of bar and bat mitzvahs. We were like getting dressed up. It was sort of the first time I was like interested in how I looked, right? Like getting into hair and makeup. But I... Did not have hair somehow, like any of my friends, right? I got this perm. My mom let me get a perm when I was 10. And then it was the biggest mistake because I don't know what happened. I think what happened was I just ended up going through puberty sort of shortly after and ended up getting the hair, the perm sort of like created. So I never Mm -hmm. had straight hair again. And now we're, like, you know, into the 90s, and it was all about that, like, straight, sleek hair, right? Like, Jennifer Aniston had it. And all my friends seemed to have it.
1: Did you blame the perm or the puberty? I clearly still
0: do blame the perm a little bit because the perm was Same. also not, like, the Shirley Temple cute curls I thought I was getting. They never are. I had a big, you know, frizzy chaos that I was like 10 years too late for because it was no longer the 80s. Yeah, so. it was the 90s, the 80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I I emerged as this, you know, I, I think girls now, and I have like a younger um, sister-in-law who's in her early 20s. And I, I would say that there's a lot more acceptance of self and confidence than when I was growing up, that at least... I didn't quite have. so I it took me a long time to embrace what I, my natural texture. and that's a huge part of what I tried to kind of help guide my clients through when I have an opportunity to. But at the time I was really struggling with the type of hair I had and was determined, like obsessed with getting it to look smooth and shiny, which it just was not naturally. So I would occasionally, my mom would let me, we couldn't afford to, you know, have me get my hair done. As like a 13-year-old, I'd go to the beauty school, which was, you know, a $5 blowout. And I wouldn't quite, I often left in tears because it was just like a bigger version. (laughs) Like, you know, when you rough, dry hair.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: well, yeah, they were yeah. still learning, right? So still, you still weren't leaving like Jennifer Aniston with that t- you know sleek, swingy kind
0: of hair. No, the 90s fantasy was not, I was not living it. So I, I really became obsessed with creating it myself and uh, I mean, mastered it. And I think it was the first time, I mean, funny enough, I was not sporty. <laughs> I was not a real academic. I think it was the first time I felt like really determined and then really good at it and i started to do my friends hair from there and then their parents and other people and our other friends would be like oh my god your hair looked so good at that bat mitzvah mara's got to do mine so we would have a whole little crew and i would do everybody's hair and makeup they'd go through my closet right so i'm now like Oh, like I kind of came out of myself, I think for the
2: first time in that right. experience of beauty. Excellent. Excellent. So there you are. So now you, you know, you've activated this part of yourself. You can express yourself you work with so many other, you know, artists that are, you know, obviously they're not other, well, you do work with other hairstylists. When I'm talking about you, you have a whole beauty community, but I'm really interested in the types of women who you choose to work with again and again and again. And if you're listening to this, please hop on Tamara's Instagram because you have such a beautiful portfolio on your Instagram of, of work. I noticed that you have like women who you really seem to connect with? I'm obsessed that you work with Billie Eilish, you work with Zoe Saldana, you work with Natalie Portman, who like I worship. Who do you kind of find that you gel with a lot?
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I would say, I, I mean, I love the women that I work with. Like most of them, a lot of them, I have... Had a really long relationship with Zoe Saldana. I think I met when I was maybe 19, 20, probably maybe closer to 20. Emma Stone, similarly. Like, in some ways, we've kind of grown up together. And they're really strong, beautiful, kind, generous, inclusive. Like, that's how I would describe a lot of these women, driven, right? Like, I'm so inspired by them getting to surround myself with women that are really, you know, have goals, that are creatives, that are just, yeah, really dedicated to their craft and care a lot about it and are just very kind, kind, loyal
2: people. So lucky. Okay, you have this amazing roster of women that you work with, but then I'm also curious about the, the, People who you work with on set and just work with professionally because sometimes we hear about we, I don't find we hear about those relationships nearly as often as, like, you know, my celebrity muse. Who are the people who you work with professionally who would inspire you? Like, you know, other hairstylists, yeah, or makeup artists.
0: Oh my gosh, or photographers. I mean, I would say the one of the greatest parts about the job, the thing that I love the most, I, I, I'm i a more introverted, I, I would say like more introverted person. I have never been one to like need to be a part of the scene all the time. Right. What is the scene? <laughs> the scene. Gosh, I mean, this scene would be, like, go, just going out. Like, I was never a clubber because I think I started working so young, right? So, like, my career just sort of took off. I was just, like, on this path from that Sarah Michelle Geller day, right? Like, from, <laughs> from like, being 18, 18, I was then on a plane to Amsterdam on this press tour, which, by the way, like, press tour is are fewer and further between, but what they are for the listeners that, you know, are not traveling hair and makeup artists or actors, you know, a press tour is a promotion for a big movie and you fly all around the world to all these beautiful places and the actors sit in these press junkets and they answer all these questions with the local press. And then there's like a big premiere and they tend to have hairdressers and makeup artists and sometimes stylists that come with them. And when you're, I mean, we were like a traveling like circus, right? It was on planes every day. So, but I had no idea. I'd been out of the country maybe one time when I was, you know, 10 years old with my family. And so I get this call after I started doing Sarah's hair to go on a press tour with her. And I'm flying to Amsterdam. What was she promoting? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. She was, I think the first one was The Grudge. I want oh to say it was The grudge. <laughs> could that be right? I think it was.
2: <laughs> that sounds... I mean, I remember that I remember that movie being around, but, you know, I couldn't tell you what happened. But sure.
0: No, neither could I. But <laughs> I remember the press tour pretty well. And I'm in Dubai. Anyway, I'll, I'll start with getting, uh, getting on You're the flight. You were 18? Yes.
1: That's insane.
0: 18. Yeah. I... My final year of high school, I mean, I basically begged my mom to let me go to beauty school, that I was, I I had gotten all I could out of high school, that it was no longer for me. And I'd like to go to beauty school and get my GED. And I think, I think of this now, my mom was a single mom and she was working she was a manager at a kids retail store. I mean, you know, it was, it was just us and she was working and trying to make it work for us. And I think about it now, I think, especially reflecting having a child myself, I'm like, oh my God, you know, that must've been a really hard decision to make. Am I really gonna, you know, ruin her life by letting her get her leave high school Uh early? And, she, I think so. Clearly, saw, you're not ruined. <laughs> I, I clear, honestly, I think it was the best decision, the best thing. I think I really felt seen by her in that moment. And there was a mutual trust, which I think is probably hard to have with a 16, 17 year old girl, right? Like a real trust in a huge life changing decision. Yeah, but she did. She had it in me, and I. She enrolled me in beauty school. I, of course, wanted to go to the, like the fancy, expensive beauty school. We could not mm-hmm. afford that, so she. We went. To, I went to Marinello Beauty School, which no longer exists. But it was on Wilshire and Fairfax. For those, Los it's come Angelinos. up on the show
1: before. Uh, I've yes. heard that from a couple other of our guests. Yeah. It was not glamorous.
0: It was not a glamorous experience, but. It really did. I was dedicated and
2: it taught me a lot. Do people, I mean, I don't know how many people who you come into contact with know that story, but I mean, for, do you, you personally would do it again, but do you kind of tell people like that, that is a path that, you know, maybe isn't such a bad idea or was it just very individual to you? Because, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about, like, does everyone need to go to college? Does everybody yeah. need to follow the same path? And you've made the most amazing career for yourself by going to, to beauty school and then really, like, putting in the elbow grease. You didn't have any you know, handouts. You didn't have any, you know, it sounds like you didn't have any family connections to Sarah Michelle Geller's family. You know, like, it's really very, um, you did it yourself. An amazing story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I. You know,
0: college sounds like uh, could like it can be a pretty incredible experience the first time you're, you know, leaving your nest, your home as you've known it, and experiencing life with these other kids, kind of coming a coming of age. Uh, My husband is someone he went to school, a great school here, and loved college, like loved the classes and loved his professors. And I hear him talk about it sometimes and I go, oh, okay. You know, that could have been cool, but it was not my journey. And I do not have that regret. I would say it's an experience in life that, you know, if you can have and you're interested in having that incredible. Like hair will wait. It will always be there. There will always be people (laughs) needing their hair done and beauty school, you know, you can, you can go to it after, after college.
1: Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season I'm thinking about where you are in your life now. You've been doing hair for a while. Like, how have you stayed this is the same medium. It's not like you were a painter and then you were a sculptor and you were changing that way. How do you keep it fresh when like you're still you know, brushing hair and picking up hot like it's the same medium again and again? How do you stay inspired?
0: Yeah, I would say I you know, it it to me, my mother actually was a sculptor and It took me a long time to put those two together, but I was like, oh, I really do approach it like sculpting. And every hair texture, every hair type is so different. And then the environment is different. So I really do take inspiration from all of the things, the environment we're in, where the client is headed to, or what the lighting is like on set, who the Mm -hmm. photographer is, kind of knowing their aesthetic. And every day is so different. The environment is so different that that, I think, feels like enough of a change for me. And then the hair type and texture is different. So it does feel like sculpting this new you know, my mom would look at a piece of marble and say the image would kind of come through and then she would kind of take away that was stone. But for me, yeah, it's hair. And I really do. Does that
1: happen to you? Like you're looking at, you know, Emma's hair and you're like, I see a mushroom. It's yeah. Chic.
0: <laughs> right. I'm like maybe I mushroom a mushroom
1: is a bad, sorry.
0: <laughs> a mushroom head bun today. No. I, yeah. So like
1: everyone wants right now. Okay, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, a, okay, a bun that looks like a little cinnamon roll. I don't know. That sounds cheaper. How about <laughs> totally. that?
0: Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure I've come to them with, like, some real out there, I, you know, ideas. I could kind of tell you a funny story about, like, being on set where I would never really expect to be, you know, with Emma, actually. We were doing a cover of W Magazine, which is, like, you know, it, that's, like— Yes, give it to me. I have like, I have made it doing a W cover and Yorgos, who had directed her in The Favorite, which is such an incredible movie, was shooting the cover. So it was, I think it was like a multi-cover month issue. And the directors from the films were shooting, you know, photographing actually. Mm -hmm. And Yorgos's vision was this it was sort of this like kind of wacky woman who is a real dog lover and we were shooting in a house kind of like in the middle of a strange area in LA the house had been completely untouched from like 19 probably 58 and the furniture was covered in plastic but you'd go into the bedrooms so it was this mid-century untouched house but then with a mix of this, like, very ornate Victorian furniture, like, very lavish. So the combination of the two, you're already like, where am I? And then there were all these dogs on set, and the dogs oh, wow. come with handlers, which... um is a, is so interesting to be around that. Anyway. Did each dog, each dog had its
1: own handler.
0: Correct. And Emma has you. And Emma has (laughs) me. I was mistaken. One of the ladies, the handlers of the dog, there was a dog named Trisha. I'll never forget it because they're calling Trisha, Trisha for, you know, in the background to try to get the dog to act, which, you know, and she said at one point, Tr- Trisha was one of those that dogs that have the really long hair and kind of those pointy faces. Um, and she noticed- Like Barbie's was, dog. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. She noticed I was a hairstylist and said to me, oh, well, you know, Trisha, if, if you put a little fan in her hair, it looks really beautiful. I was like, okay, <laughs> well, I thought I was here for Emma Stone, but I guess <laughs> I am here for Trisha. But- So that's like a day where, you know, it it was such a—I loved those pictures so much. And we did this, like, really kind of crazy
2: big bouffant. um, And yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about the press tours because this is a fascinating aspect of the (laughs) job. Do you do them anymore or is this more for when you're, like, starting out? No,
0: you know— post-COVID, well, actually pre-COVID, they weren't doing them as often. Now it's sort Mm -hmm. of transitioned into, you know, maybe a big Marvel film or something like that. Like there's a big budget movie that are, you know, going to be huge globally and they'll do press tours for those. But they're sort of fewer and farther between. Maybe you travel for a big premiere, like one premiere, I saw they did that mm-hmm. with Bond. So those aren't happening as much, but they are great when you get to do them. And yeah, I would definitely, you know, for the right person and the right job, I would, I would definitely still do it. It's also so nice to get to go to a hotel room in a beautiful city.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. And because you're all kind of like a traveling band, you know, you've got your hair person, your nail person, you know, your makeup person, Is there some kind of offline discussion about if they all get, if you all get along? Because that's a lot to be together for like traveling in different cities.
0: It is. Absolutely. And when you're traveling, I mean, some
2: of these can go on for a month. Right. So like what kind of discussion happens in your experience? I'm sure it's different with every celebrity, but like, how does this work? Because I think this is fascinating. Because you could probably make some really deep friendships, but also like, (coughs) I don't want to work with that person ever again. You know, this could also be like career.
0: (coughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. Or like halfway through the trip, you're like, I am so sick of hearing you talk that I am, I've decided
2: today is my last and day. I'm going home tomorrow. Right, and it's a very small industry. There's like 10 people. So, you know, if everyone knows that so-and-so don't, you know, play well together or this person is a diva, like it's, it's I'm just fascinated by this little dynamic. And since you brought it up, how could I not? So,
0: uh, how could you, you not? This? Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say I, I generally get along with most
2: people doesn't mean I love... Yes, I'm not asking about you. I'm not asking about if you are a wonderful person to travel with. I just mean this topic in general. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I am a wonderful person. Just be a a commentator. Um, No, I think being a hair dresser, stylist, um, makeup artist, you do have to be able to fit into situations and hide into the background when you need to or come in and be that supportive, motivating character, right? Because that is a huge part of our role. It is like we're the le- with the first and last people these, you know, actors tend to see before they go either onto set to whatever or to a big red carpet. So you do so you tend to be a uh, pretty pretty malleable person that can kind of easily flow in and out. And so I think that lends itself to, you know, traveling, being sort of open. It's not to say there aren't huge personalities. And I have heard of some, you know, epic battles where it's like, they're not speaking. Do not hire this ha- hairstylist and this makeup artist together. I, very luckily, I, I don't think I have ever been one of those, but um, I have heard okay. of them happening, which is, it she, is she kind of funny. I of do like to laugh
1: at it because it's sort of
0: absurd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can we ask you about Rose? That's your thats your other baby, right? Well, one of you, you have like three babies. You have Mary, <laughs> your salon, your actual baby, mm-hmm. and then Rose, your hairline. Well, I was going to ask you which was harder, opening the salon or launching the hairline, but now I have to throw your baby in there too, oh. like of those three babies. Yeah,
0: and a, a seventy-two hour. Labor. I imagine making
1: a human is the hardest. Oh my <laughs> god! Wow. I know. Okay, he so back big. back to the salon and the hairline. Then. Yeah, the, the salon, and <laughs> the <laughs> which the hairline, was harder.
0: I would say the hairline. In a lot of ways, I think for me. It has been the thing I have wanted to do the most. Um, Really? Yeah, it really has been. I am like so deeply passionate about it. It truly does feel like a child. Um, And so, yeah, I would say the hairline, but also the most rewarding. I love this lawn and I love the family that we've built there. I have two partners um, in Mare. And it's just such a beautiful space. Every time I walk in, I'm like, oh my God, this is the greatest. It's beautiful. And we have like the most incredible stylists and just the great, it's like a family there. Um, And Rose, yes, Rose has been the dream of mine to create. And I've loved... Almost every part of the process. Um, I'm learning so much. I mean, it's so different to create a product than it is to do hair or anything else I have ever yeah, done. And,
1: and a product. You weren't like, oh, okay, let me just do like seven or eight. So they'll, you know, if maybe this one isn't good, then we have these other three. Like you went all in on one. Product to start, right? I went
0: all in on one. And an oil at that. An oil. And then I have a second product coming out uh, in November, and then working on developing the rest of the line. So I'll eventually have a full range, but starting with one, and I have another, and then maybe a shampoo and conditioner next year, and slowly build it up to being, but still a very curated sort of line of essential, beautiful. Uh, luxury essential products.
1: And so for you, that means an oil is an essential, it sounds like. An oil is. Is this the key to like, it is? Is this the key to the. I feel like every time I look at one of your pictures, I just get like silky, ethereal vibes. Like even when the hair is curly, it has like silkiness to it. And when it's textured, it's silky. When it's straight, it's silky. Is this the oil? If you're going to tell me this is the oil, tell me how to use it, please.
0: It is the oil. <laughs> It is the oil. It's the only product <laughs> cuz oil
1: scares people.
0: It really does. You know? It really does. And I think there's a lot of confusion, like you said Jen, a lot of confusion as to how to use an oil. And so Rose, the Teach us. The Santa Lucia styling oil is super lightweight because you know, obviously I see every head of hair and in the salon, outside of the salon, right? I know what products work and kind of what don't. And I've always used oil, but they're very fickle and it's hard to find the right one for the right hair. But I don't carry a different kit for each one of my clients, right? So I said, you know what? I need to formulate an oil that is going to be my go-to, that's going to work on all of the hair types, even my clients that have fine hair, which Tend to really steer clear of oils, but it will not weigh your hair down. This one, so it's super lightweight. It's my one and done product for my hair. I don't like product in my hair. I only like oil because I do need. When are we putting this
1: on? Like okay, so you're you're
0: showering. Um, you're maybe shower, maybe you're showering. You're washing your hair. You're <laughs> coming out of the shower, and I really believe in in brushing your hair with conditioner on in the shower. So you kind of comb through your conditioner, and then maybe okay. you do not brush it again using a hair towel. And I'm sure you two have heard this using a hair towel is really great because it does really help with. I didn't I didn't learn this right away. I started to use a hair towel, and I was like, oh my god, my hair is way, has way less frizz when I use a hair towel. So Mm. hair towel really helps. They're super
2: absorbent. Do you have a preferred hair towel?
0: You know, I really like, I haven't really met one I haven't liked. So I would say any hair towel, there's obviously the aqueous, um, which else? Yeah, I would say that one's great right? They've been around for a long time. I think she was one of the first to kind of come out with them, but they're really absorbent. They're super lightweight. So they don't weigh heavy on your hair, especially if you're sort of embracing your natural texture. So now you're coming Mm -hmm. out of the shower, you're wrapping it in this hair towel and you're letting it out. And a lot of the moisture has been absorbed into the towel. And now you're going to take your rose and you're going to pump one or two, maybe three, like my hair needs a lot of uh, hydration, a lot of defrizzing. So I can use like three to four pumps, but I would say on finer hair, you do one pump and you rub it between your hands and then you start at your ends and you can either scrunch or just kind of work your way up and you don't need anything on the top of your head. I mean, that's just, you have your natural oils that, you know, come eventually throughout the day. So yeah, it's just really ends and mid lengths a little bit more, maybe around your face, whatever. the ends focusing there and letting it go. I mean, it's truly like we all kind of have that fresh fluff out of the shower and this helps define, it helps smooth defrizz. It also does protect. So if you do go to do a blow dry, it really helps cut your time way down it helps your b- blow dry to last. So your hair doesn't get as frizzy in humidity if you have that initial kind of layer of hair oil on before you go to blow dry. But I do believe in, you know, we don't need a whole lot to get our hair to look great. You know, I'm sent so many products. <laughs> Maybe cradis. that's my
2: issue. <laughs>
1: Because I feel like sometimes you're like, oh, well, now it's frizzy. Now you put this. Now I don't have volume. So let me put back in some volume. You know, like... Right. It's playing catch-up. I of. love
0: getting to talk product. And a huge part of why I love, you know, working in the salon is because I get to see, you know, maybe it's five to 10 clients in a day. And they sit in my chair and each person has a different story. And they're coming to me. And I'm like, what products are you using? That tends to be one of my first questions. Because number one, you know... I would say most women in particular, you know, we, I would say there's like more of a negative connection to our hair, which is not our fault. I look at these bottles of products and see that what's being communicated to us is that we're not enough, that our hair is basically trash right dehydrated it's dry as dry could be like sand dune dry so so extra damaged extra like the extra damage special extra (laughs) damage so of course it's how we sort of talk about it but it isn't true and I, I genuinely believe that products are what can truly help. I mean, I have never seen a head of hair that I'm not like, oh, this is a pretty easy fix. And let me give you the little prescription, my favorite, my essentials, right? Um, And the next time I see them, it does tend to be Different experience, so that is why I mean, I'm sent all these products, and a lot of times I'm confused about how to use them. So it's no surprise that you're telling me, Well, I put this and I do this, and I don't know if it's really working or doing the thing, right? But that shouldn't be the case, I think you know. A few products that really, really work is likely all you need. And then, of course, you can experiment and play around and do different styles. And maybe you need a different set of products for that. But it really shouldn't be a whole crazy... I mean, who has time for a a routine even?
2: So are are you... Obviously, the people who come to your salon are probably a bit more focused and interested in, you know, beauty than the average bear because your salon is, you know, it's not... It, it, it's up there, you know, it's, it's, it's a luxury experience, but do you think that people are like loyal to their hair products? Just as a, somebody who talks to five, 10 customers, clients a day, because when we talk to our listeners, people are just constantly putting putting out new products. I'm trying this and trying that, but I actually don't know. Like does the average person, are they sticking to and rebuying their nexus their way their whatever what are you finding
0: i find that and maybe it's just that it's an opportunity when you're with a stylist to really ask their opinion on what they should be using Mm, and if the products they're using are right but i would say most often people are open and so not (laughs) that loyal you're open
1: to seeing other products Like, this is not my perfect thing yet. Mara, help Mara, (laughs) help me find the perfect thing. Exactly. It's a process, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Totally. So
0: I love getting to do that. And it but obviously I can't talk to every single person, not everybody can come to there yeah, and yeah. see me. So that was really a huge part of why I wanted to create, you know, these sort of essentials that do what they say that are, you know, when you know, you, you see a rose product, it is going to be an easy to use experience. And yeah, you know,
2: yeah. Ease would be nice. That's great.
1: Yeah. What are some of the other products that are... Like, what you carry different lines in Mare. Like, what do you sell out of? Like, what are some of your other favorites?
0: Yeah, other favorites. We do have this line. I think it's a Japanese line called um, Enphenom, And I think they're at a couple of salons in LA. I'm sure, you know, around the world. But people love Enphenom. It's a shampoo and conditioner. conditioner. Uh, what else do we have? We have Virtue. We have... Davines, we've got some great lines, great products there.
1: What, and so what about in, in your kit? When you're on your, with your, your rock group of, of, like, of like makeup artists and you, and you're on the plane with the client traveling the world, if you lost your hair kit, got stuck in the luggage— what would be the hardest thing to replace?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny. I sometimes really like to do this to myself where I'm like, okay, I mean, it's been so long that I've been doing hair that I need to challenge myself. So I'll go, okay, you're on whatever, Project Runway, but it's for hairdressers. And you only have 10 minutes to create this crazy hairdo you want to do with these three products you have because your kit is missing. I don't know. So I'll play this internal game with myself. Nobody else is involved in this experience. I'm Obviously, not telling my clients this, but it's a really fun challenge. So I and I really I I again am a believer that you do not need a whole lot, but it's obviously going to be rose Santa Lucia styling oil. A good volumizer is always good, like a root boost spray. A good hairspray. Can you recommend one? Absolutely. This I is part really, of the,
1: the game. You have to tell us which one. Great.
0: Okay. <laughs> I love Fido Volume Active Root Spray. I've tried others. I've veered off. I've always come back. Okay. I love Lenore Grail Eclat Natural is a beautiful product. It's a cream, a lightweight cream that you would use after your style, your blow dry to kind of like define the ends a little bit, add a little bit of shine, Mm -hmm. a teeny bit of holds, teeny bit, flyaways, a little bit of Eclat. Timothy Chalamet, I believe, uses it in his hair. I'm not, I don't do his hair, but I love his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Done. So now, of course, my Demi's husband my husband uses it as well now because of that, of <laughs> that finding. I love, Lenore Grell also makes this really beautiful uh, hairspray that's more of like a, vol- it's very, very light. But sometimes hairsprays give me a headache when I have to smell them all day long. And so this one is called Voluform. I love it. There's also a product that is a real editorial lovers product by TG, I believe. It's called Queen for a Day. Oh my god, that hairspray! <laughs> it's like yeah, a, yeah. I'm like, what is this product? It's comes out clear, you put it in the hair before you dry it, and it gives it a very lightweight hold. I do not like to feel the products, right? Like you don't want to feel the styling products in the hair. That's the whole thing. They should be invisible, but really be able to kind of guide you through whatever you're trying to create. And Queen for a Day does that.
1: That's like a big promise in the name.
2: I love that. That's a really old product. It's old school. I remember writing about that like (laughs) way longer than I'll care to admit. (laughs) (laughs) That And I could picture it too. It's so funny. God, TG had great names.
0: It really stands out. I remember being on a job with a client for the first time. She was a big model. And I think, you know, it can be nerve wracking working with someone you've never worked with before. Um, But she saw that I had queen for a day and I think it gave her like a real confidence in me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) This is going to look good. (laughs) That's really funny. She knows her stuff. She's got queen for a day here. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. So those were all, just to round out the kit, those were all, those are things you could replace if you need to. Is there like a brush or a hot tool or like a weird thing you picked up overseas that you're like, please never let this leave my hands? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. What? Or maybe it's just because of luck. Like, if I don't have my lucky Mason Pearson... We're going to have problems.
0: Totally, totally. I, you know, I feel like at this point I could work with, like, if I have to use a drugstore, I I do believe in a good blow dryer. If I had to use a not-so-good blow dryer... I would probably be able to make do. But that is the one thing I think to really invest in is a good a good blow dryer because it makes all the difference in the world. But I love my Sheila Stotts brush, Ibiza brushes, which are just natural bristle round brushes. They're the best. Outside of that, No, I would say great blow dryer. I could, you know, any, give me a curling iron from anywhere. Again, fine. It's really more about the products for me that have to to work because there's just a lot out there that are too heavy. Like if something's too heavy, it's ruined the day.
1: There's no going back. There's no
0: going back. There's no going back.
1: I think we've got the vision of it. I feel like we should add into your little game you play with yourself in your head. Like, let's take Emma Stone into the bathroom for, like, the hand dryer. See if you could get her <laughs> hair to look good with that. And I'm like, just up your level here. You're really at top level of your career already. Let's make it even harder. <laughs> just picturing her, like, bent over underneath one of those horrible Dyson, like, air blades, like, trying to get a blowout. Oh, a
2: thousand percent. You could do it, right? Oh, totally. Or, like, having I'm sure a- you have to improv all the time, <laughs> right? If things aren't going well. Isn't it probably, like, half your job improv
0: Totally absolutely I mean that's the thing is you have to be a flexible I I but I, I also love it like I love that we could do it we can make it work I would say any you could probably ask any of my clients like you know how yeah how is Mara under pressure like her kit didn't show up or whatever I'm like no I am cool I am so cool we're gonna figure <laughs> this out don't you even stress for a second and and I, but I, I think I, I secretly like it. I like the challenge.
2: Okay. I need that energy <laughs> in my life. Well, we have, we have a short challenge for you. It, it's, it's really, there's no consequence for it. So it's really not like really a, a big deal, but it's just a quick speed round of your answers. It's the Fat Mascara 5. What are your quick word association? Do you <laughs> know great. what a Fat
0: Mascara 5 is? I sure do. But is it the same every time? It's been the same for a while. Okay. I I didn't study it and I feel now like I should have, (laughs) but...
2: No, no. It's best if like you actually don't know what we're going to ask. Okay. Okay. What is the first beauty product you fell in love with? Oh,
0: gosh. It might have been... I feel like it was... I can like see it like something on my mom's counter. I mean... This was when it was still probably my perm days, but I had that potion number nine by Sebastian. I wouldn't say I was in love with it. (laughs) I wouldn't say I was in love with it, but I had But it it. caught your eye. It caught my eye. I can still smell the smell. and Of the perm or
1: of Sebastian number nine? (laughs) Potion number nine with all the little nines all over the bottle.
0: Nines all over the bottle. It was like an orange gloop, kind of gloopy-globby. And... It really did the trick for the. This is like, you know, th- this is the very early 90s, late 80s. No, or er, er, 90s. I'm not that. Okay. Yeah. I'm aging myself. <laughs> early 90s with the perm, the potion number nine. Hilarious product. I can't believe that's what I'm talking about. They still make it. They definitely still make it, right? I wouldn't be surprised. That I seems like a classic, I a cult classic. A I'm not, don't, yeah. I'm not recommending it. It had, a, it was,
1: Chances of a user error too, because it was that like pasty thick texture. Like you needed oh God, to know how I'm to Oh I'm remembering emulsify. it now. Yes.
2: No, my friend used it. She had very curly hair and she used it. And it was like, she needed it for her curls. It was almost like a medicine that like was just for her.
0: Yeah, you know? it, exactly. Or when you have a perm, you need something, you know?
2: Yeah, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> if there were one rule you wish everyone would follow, what would it be?
0: I really do. I mean, it's so cliche to say, just be kind, be generous with your spirit, right? I think it's also something to remind myself of every day. Not that I'm not kind, but I think it's like, especially in the, this sort of world we're living in now, like nothing is so important. It'll be okay. But I think going through it, being kind and generous um to the people you're encountering daily it's it's a real key thing to you know we're all in this together life is short be kind that's
1: nice
2: we will (laughs) i know you will (laughs) I, i like that reminder okay what is your favorite snack on a deeper level let's go
0: i love sugar it's a sad thing, but I love
1: anything. Oh, just picturing her just like spooning into the sugar bag. Like, what if that was your answer? Yeah, it's
0: just I carry a pocket of sugar, just white to sugar. I love like a sour gummy worm. This is not I try not to indulge often because I don't feel good. I will say I don't feel good. But cookie dough. Mm-hmm. I can't oh, yeah. have I can't have it because so. Yeah, this terrible. This is a terrible
2: thing. But. It's not so bad. Your most played song on your favorites playlist right now.
0: Okay, so Sour Lemon. My husband's going to laugh because it's his... He, my husband's in a band called Local Natives. They're very talented. I'm obviously biased, but they are really great. And my son is obsessed with listening to Dada, obviously. So every time, every time we're in the car, he will just repeatedly, he doesn't, he he doesn't like get louder. He doesn't start to break down. He just says, our lemon, our lemon, our lemon (laughs) until... It's repeated over and over. You think like, oh, Elio, look, there's like a school bus, like there's a truck or like the crane, like on the street (laughs) trying to distract. No, Our Lemon, Our Lemon. So I listened to Sour Lemon. It's a really beautiful song. He's singing with um, Sharon Van Etten, who's a really incredible singer, musician. Um, And so that is definitely my like most played song right now.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. That's very cool. Okay. Definitely give that a listen. Everybody. Okay. Our (laughs) Lemon. Our Lemon. Our Lemon. And um, if there were to be a movie made of your life, who would narrate it? Oh, my gosh. We
1: should make it even harder for her. Pick one of your clients. Oh,
2: that's good. (laughs) Because I was thinking like I I could picture a lot of them.
1: I mean, I know I've I won't do that
2: too.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. I have mentioned Emma, obviously, but I just I think because she would I couldn't imagine it wouldn't be serious uh, like at all. There would be if like likely she wouldn't be able to like get through it. You know what I mean? Which I love that thought of I love that thought of just like hilarity and funny voices. <laughs> And just, yeah, so I would say Emma would be hilarious.
1: And then we have to put in the scene with the dogs where you guys are doing the photo shoot for W so that can make it in and Emma can narrate it because I feel like that was probably a blast.
0: A blast. A blast. Trisha, can You're you— You're a
1: blast. Can you— yeah. <laughs> Trisha, can Trisha you— Trisha the
2: dog. Can you blow dry Trisha's oh, hair? <laughs>
1: Oh my god. Maybe someday that'll be your next career. Who knows? Right now, you're killing it. This was so fun to catch up with you and hear what you're up to. Thank you so much. Ladies, thank Thanks, you man. so, so much. I can't believe I made
0: it through because I am such a fan of you both, of the podcast. And I was nervous and so excited. So I'm, you know, I, I'm not totally sure what I said, but I'm I'm honored and proud I made it through. Ah, no, you absolutely, absolutely not. Congrats on Rose. Thank you so, so much.
2: We
1: hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com.
2: We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love.